Hello and welcome to Family Renewal. I'm Israel Wayne, your host. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as we take a look at faith, family, and culture, all through the lenses of a biblical worldview. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Hi, this is Israel, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Brooke, and we are bringing you another edition of the Family Renewal Podcast. Today, we want to talk with you about the issue of entrepreneurship. We want to speak with you about considerations before you start a family business. This is one of those look-before-you-leap scenarios. There's a lot of benefits to having a business that you run together as a family, but there's a lot of pitfalls, too, and we want to discuss those and help to provide some insight for you and your family. Well, hello. This is Brooke, and we're really glad that you've joined us again. I want to just jump into some of the topics we're going to cover in this uh, podcast. One of them is the reasons to start a family business in the first place. Next is when to start a family business. What kind of business should you start? And the pitfalls of home-based business. So let's jump in and start talking about reasons to start a family business. A lot of families these days are starting them so they can teach their children business skills or a trade, kind of doing it in-house. It's one of the reasons why we are seeking to provide entrepreneurial training for our children. We do realize that not every child is going to be called to start a business or to be an entrepreneur or to be an employer. Uh, There's a place for employees within the free market. Uh, There have to be people who work for employers. But we believe that for a variety of reasons, including the instability of the economy and changes that can take place in certain industries, that children should have the skills and the know-how to be able to successfully run their own businesses. So we have our own business. Family Renewal is a business that uh, my wife and I started with my sister, Sony, and we are endeavoring in our business to give our children skills that they can use and that they can apply to all of life. A second reason a lot of families are starting home business is to supplement the income, especially for homeschooling families. There's usually a one-income household. And so having a home business can oftentimes be a way to supplement the main income. Especially in this homeschooling culture in which we find ourselves working a lot, uh, most of the families with which we work are single-income families. And so sometimes there isn't a desire to have a full-time living from your home-based or family-based business, but sometimes there's just a desire to supplement that, and and maybe the money that's made uh, on that supplementary business is something that's used for buying homeschool curriculum or for taking a family vacation or doing home improvement projects or whatever it may be. So perhaps uh, you have a traditional family where the husband goes and works at GE for five days a week, and there's not really a way to incorporate the family in what he does, you may have a vegetable garden and you sell produce in a vegetable stand out at the front of the road. That's what happens a lot here in Michigan. We're kind of the the fruit belt, and there's a lot of farmers here that put out vegetable and fruit stands in the summertime. Uh, That might be something that your children can do and that you can do uh, as a supplementary income or whatever it is, whatever type of business you choose. 
And that can be a really good option, even if this is something that you don't want to get into as a full-time business. I want to mention here that we may use the words home-based business and family-based business interchangeably to some extent, but we do realize that not every family business, family, family-owned business, takes place within the context of the home. So even though we may use those terms interchangeably throughout this podcast, um, we're primarily talking about a business that you own as a family that you do, whether it takes place within your home or not. Israel, I wonder if you could speak to financial independence as a reason why some homeschooling families are getting into having these family-based businesses. There are a lot of people who have been in the traditional business uh, scene, the corporate world or the manufacturing world or whatever, and they find themselves downsized. I mean, certainly the downturn in the economy in 2009 caught a lot of people by surprise, and they found out that there was not the loyalty that they had hoped for uh, from the corporation to them. And there are obviously still very high unemployment rates as we're recording this here in 2014 here in the United States. So having the ability to have a revenue stream that's not dependent on someone else uh, in terms of your weekly paycheck can be very liberating. Now, granted, you are still subject to the economy. And so if the economy is in the upswing, you may be riding that wave. And if it's collapsing, then you may be struggling along with everybody else. But at least you have the ability to put labor in and be paid uh, to some extent uh, in a measure that's, that correlates to the amount of labor that you actually invest. One of the benefits of a home-based business, family-based business, is being able to have a flexible schedule. Well, we uh, we often joke that, yes, you can choose the 18 hours a day you want to work. Um, I wonder if you have any more thoughts on that, about the flexible schedule. Yeah, I think the flexible schedule is a plus. It's a really good reason uh, that we particularly like having our own business. We can uh, make sure that we're putting family first. Um, I will say, and we may touch on this a little bit later, that having your own business can be very tyrannical. And there are hours that simply have to be put in and the work has to get done. So that's something people need to remember. It's not like you just you know, sit at home and watch TV all day and expect money to come in. To all hard work, there is a profit. That's what the scripture says. So um, the flexible schedule, I think, though, for us as a homeschooling family is something that's a really big plus for us. Yes, it's definitely a, a good use for... Um, a, a means for creating family unity, which is really one of the main reasons I see so many homeschooling families either desiring to get into a family-based business or actually pursuing that. And it creates just a environment where you're working together and growing together and using your time, that quantity time, not just the quality time, but quantity time too, while you have those children as young people, teaching them skills, working alongside each other, and working towards a common goal. Of course, this leads us into talking about how a home business can financially support what you believe in. It's a way to invest your time and energies into an area of life in of what you believe, of wanting to support uh, families or providing a service that you actually believe in, instead of doing something that perhaps maybe you don't believe in so much. There are a lot of major corporations that support things that we as conservative Christians oppose. 
They support the homosexual lifestyle. They support abortions. They support and advertise on television shows that promote vulgarity and sexual promiscuity and so forth. And I don't know about you, but I'm very covenantal in my thinking in terms of my financial dollars because I see the principle here being a biblical stewardship, that God has given us these resources, this money, if you will, to use for the kingdom of God. And so I want to invest it with people who are uh, about the work of the kingdom and those who are doing positive things in the world, as opposed building up as opposed to tearing down. And so uh, I really like the fact that when you have your own business, you know where the money's going. You're not building a corporation that is on the macro level attempting to tear down everything you believe in. I mean, if you have a job working for a company that is anti-Christian in their belief system and what they fund, then in some small way you're contributing towards the demise of Western civilization. And so having your own business is one way to make sure that those dollars are being invested within the kingdom. Home businesses create an opportunity to really put our time into something we feel is meaningful. Uh, One of the main things is providing a ministry or service to other families, other individuals. And this kind of creates for not only you as, as the parent, but also trying to teach your children a way to tangibly reach out and do meaningful work that blesses other people, that serves the community, that serves the church in, um, in a way that you're spending your time doing so forth and not necessarily maybe creating something you have no interest in in a factory. And also, our primary purpose in living is that we want to know, love, and serve God and love and serve other people. And employment has to fit within that mission, that mission statement, if you will, for our family. So regardless of what you do, whether you repair vehicles or you work in construction or you shovel driveways for your neighbors, you know, whatever it is that you're doing um, that you're involved in for employment, you need to be thinking of how you can bless other people, how you can do what you do with excellence for the glory of God, but also how you can love and serve other people. In some corporations or some businesses, loving and serving other people is the last thing they have on their mind. Uh, It's quite obvious if you actually look at the customer service, if you can even call it that, provided by a lot of companies. They just treat you like they wish you weren't on the planet. And that's not a Christian worldview as it relates to business. So our goal as Christians is that everything we do is motivated out of love and service for others, that we're doing what we're doing in an attempt to bless other people. When you have your own business, you can bring your brand of ethics to the table, whereas when you work for another company, even if you're doing the best that you can, and you should, uh, you may be working in a culture where it's all about the paycheck and the customer is despised as opposed to truly served. Well, that's really helpful to understand these aspects, but let's start talking about when to start a family business. Ideally, you should not start a family business when you need the money. Exactly. The best time to start a family-based business is when you don't need to. There are a lot of families who wait until they're unemployed and then they decide to start a business. That's a really difficult time to do that. 
The thing is, most family-based businesses are going. Most new businesses, period, are going to lose money for the first three years of their investment. So you really need to have some startup capital. You need to have a business plan. You need to know a little bit about how to run a business in that particular industry. And you need to plan on losing money for three years. This business is not going to feed you. You are going to feed the business. So the best time to start a family-based business is when you have a regular paycheck from another type of work and you are not dependent on the income from your new business and, in fact, have some money set aside that you can invest. The amount of the startup capital is not as important as having it from the standpoint that uh, the more investment capital you have, obviously, the greater potential for growing your business quickly. But even with a little bit of startup capital, you have the ability to invest and then watch that money come back to you. Um, One thing that I'll say about this is that you have to know when to pull the plug on a business. And if you lose money for three years straight, the IRS will say that what you have is not a business, it's a hobby. And they don't allow you to just continually lose money at something like a hobby, you know. And so you, you need to Uh, be willing to pull the plug on a business that fails to thrive. And if you're not committed to doing that, I've seen a lot of marriages that have suffered because the family took their life savings, they mortgaged their house, they start selling off their furniture and their vehicles and all that, just almost like a gambling addiction. It's something that they compulsively are doing just to stay afloat and to save the business at all costs. Don't do that. Be willing to let that business die if it's not thriving, if it's not taking off. Just take that as a a sign from the Lord that this is not his direction for you and your family. Let it go and move on. Another area of when to start a family business is waiting until your children are old enough to be involved. This obviously excludes the baby, toddlerhood years, maybe at the elementary age, depending on the type of business. The late Denny Keniston had a quote I absolutely loved and I think is so fitting for this. He said, I do not start home businesses, family-based businesses, to um, build my business. Build my business. With my children. With my, using my children. I am not using my children to build that business. I'm using the business to build my children. I think that's where you need to decipher, is this the age to start them at? Is this going to build my children through uh, starting said home businesses? And, of course, part of it is giving them the skill set, but another part of it is character development. You have the opportunity, just as you've already been doing in parenting, just as many of you are already doing in homeschooling, to use, as you're using the curriculum as an excuse to train and shepherd their hearts, you're using the context of teaching them academics to help them to develop character. You want them to learn the academics too, but in the same way, you want them to learn these business skills, but you're also really looking for work ethic. You're looking for attitude. You're looking for their spiritual condition and how you can speak to that as a parent. We just can't say strongly enough how important that is because this is not about really making uh, making money or making that business work as much as making the children or helping the children, or providing that opportunity for them to grow. And it will be a training session. It will be bumpy at times. 
but having um, having that long term perspective that through this business you're seeking to help build and grow your children will be a lifesaver in your family. Another area that we want to talk about as far as when to start a home business is really as soon as possible. And by that, we mean get going on research, get going on studying what is the market's like, develop the skills that are needed, get your feet wet. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the best time, as I said, to start a business is when you don't need to. So if you are thinking now about what type of thing you'd like to do as a family, that's ideal. Again, you don't want to wait for a crisis um, I think every family should have some kind of family business. Maybe I'm overstating it. Maybe not every family, but in my view, I think it's ideal for every family to have some kind of at least a side business that they do uh, for the purpose of giving their children exposure to business skills and, and helping to teach them responsibility. When you see a demand for your goods and services is also an important time to start a business, a home-based business. Uh, when you see there's some, some skill, some labor set that you have that you can move forward into using for a business, that's the time to start it. It's not when there's a low on that particular need. Yeah, I mean, when you're looking at, and this will kind of get into our next segment of what kind of business you should start, do, do some market research, like find out in your area uh, if there's a particular field you want to get into, who your competitors are, find out if they've been successful, uh, if these enterprises have been difficult. You want to try to get into something that is trending up as opposed to trending down. Um, I would recommend, for example, that you avoid businesses like selling wholesale cassette tapes. That's one that I think I would <laughs> advise you to stay away from. It's a It's a business model that isn't trending up. Uh, I'm speaking facetiously, of course, but but seriously, there are just some businesses that don't have any life in them anymore. People have moved away from that type of media, and there will never be a future in selling cassette tapes. Um, but there are a lot of industries where people are continuing to spend money. They're going to invest. Uh, I'll just be honest and say I think the food industry is one that you just couldn't lose on, particularly growing organic food, um, whether that is organic vegetables or fruit or getting involved in raising pastured poultry or grass-fed beef. People need to eat. They're always going to eat. As long as there are people, they're going to need food. Uh, personally, I think this is an area where there's a trend towards eating and buying local as opposed to eating and buying global, and there's a lot of good reasons for that. We could probably do a whole show on that <laughs> at some point. Yeah. But I think that just you know, thinking, first of all, about what you're good at, what you like, something that you enjoy, something that when you talk about that, you're invigorated with it. So one of the best types of businesses to start is something in which you're an expert, something mm -hmm. that you appreciate. And, and maybe I'm overstating the expert part, but something you know something about. Uh, I know a lot of people who have gotten into health, not because they were experts, but because they had health issues. And they had to research and study for their own unique health challenges. They changed their diet. They learned how to eat healthy, to exercise. They learned about nutritional supplements that helped them. And sometimes they found a particular product that really made a difference in their life. And so they believe in it. They love it. They appreciate it. They know it's helped them, and they want to help other people. That's viable, man. That's the way to start a business, something that you do, that you know something about, and that you enjoy, and that you're invigorated about. So that thing you always find yourself talking to someone else about whether it's literature or whether it's art 
or music or whatever, your passion uh, in many ways is a great way for you to invest as an avocation or ideally, you know, moving into it possibly being a vocation. I, I think that you should always think about not just making a living, but making a life. Doing what you enjoy. I mean, Proverbs, or I'm sorry, Ecclesiastes talks about that, how you should find pleasure in the work that you do under the sun. And people, I know, I completely understand and I completely get that some people, by necessity, they're in a job or an industry that they hate and they just have to be there because they got to put food on the table. I understand that. I get that. I'm not down on anybody who's in that position. God bless you. We feel for you. Uh, keep doing it. You, you need to be faithful where you're planted. But the ideal is that you get to do what you love and what you enjoy. I get to do that. Writing and speaking and ministering to families, I love that. And so I'm doing what I love, and I hope that you get to do that too. And the opportunity there is that you get to pass that passion on of what you really enjoy doing, what you're good at, what you love to do, onto your children. Uh, at the same time, take into consideration what are their passions, what are what is it your children, what is it your family enjoys, um, so that you're making sure you're not riding over the personality differences that you're going to have within a family, the different skill sets you're going to have within a family. Um, part of the aspect of uh, using your business to build up your children is going to be looking to see what are they gifted in? What are their talents and interests? And how can I help grow them as individuals within the broad, broader scope of a family business? I think one thing we have to do as parents, too, is not have an expectation that our children will want to continue in our business or our vocation. It may be our gift. It may be our passion. It may not be theirs. Anyone who's ever seen It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart remembers the conflict of the son who's inheriting the family business and he doesn't want it. And so that's something that you have to be mindful of. But again, we have no expectation whatsoever that our children will follow in our footsteps and do what we do. As far as uh, a business, um, my thought is they're going to learn the skills in my business with what I know how to do that they can transfer to anything that they want to do. So if they want to get into filmmaking or they want to get into baseball or they want to get into building homes or architecture or you know whatever it is that they do, the, the general macro principles have been laid as a foundation. Mm -hmm. There's a springboard there for your children at that point where they do have a skill set. And I always appreciated as a homeschool student that my mom taught me things and it, it provided a learning, um, a lifestyle of learning, so that I felt like I could go and learn anything. Another thing we want to touch on here is to avoid getting rich-quick schemes. Yeah, there are a lot of businesses that you'll see advertised, and this is touchy, and I know I'm going to get a lot of hate mail on this, um, so please send your all your hate mail to my sister, Sony. <laughs> Make sure you address it to her because she would really be the one to, to send that to, not me. Anyway, uh, the, the thing about network marketing, I'm just going to jump out there and say it, is that I've watched many families over the last 25 years who have gotten involved in network marketing. I have personally worked with and even done coaching and counseling for dozens, I would say hundreds, but at least dozens of families who have tried to pursue a network marketing business. And there's two sides to that coin. Number one, uh, very few people actually can make a living at it. Most of those companies have an unrealistic 
business model where there are going to be a handful of people who get in early and just happen to work their tails off and create a significant downline and all that kind of thing. They're going to make a lot of money. Most of the people in the company will never be able to make a living. I think in all the years that I've known families who do network marketing or multi-level marketing or pyramid marketing or whatever type of term your particular company that you work with might be calling it, the deal with it is that I've known maybe three or four, okay, I'm going to up that. Let's say five or six families out of several hundred that have actually been able to make a full-time living at it for more than a couple of years. So the potential in those kinds of businesses uh, is just simply not there for about 95% or more of the, the families that at least I have had experience with. They put out the promises that you can make $4,000 a month working at home in your own home business, in your bathrobe, and do almost no work. But the scripture tells us that, again, uh, that if you seek to get rich quick, you're going to experience loss. It's in diligence, it's in labor, it's in the production of real products and real services that profit is most likely going to be made. Trying to make money off of friends and family, uh, just making money off of a downline is really not a model that you find promoted in the scripture. Relationally, I find it to be damaging to friendships, in many cases, damaging to family relationships, because you start looking at every single person you know as a potential customer or client, and it's really counterproductive. I guess to affirm, though, the validity of a network marketing business for you, here's where I think you should get into a network marketing business. If you have found a product or a service that works for you, it's changed your health, it's revolutionized your life, you know, you believe in these products, sell the products, make them available. But you have to remember that Nobody else is as excited about this as you are. They're just not as into it as you are. And you may not be able to conceive of that. You may have a hard time believing that people just don't care about this at all in some cases. But that's the fact, that you're into it and a lot of people just aren't. So what you do, you buy the products, you use the products, you make them available to other people. If they're interested, great. If they're not interested, great. You, you just can't risk, as a Christian, ruining and losing good relationships by trying to force a business or a product or service on people who just don't want it. It's not a biblical way to do business. One aspect I also want to bring up is that if you are not a self-starter, if you're not an initiative-taking person, then owning a business is not such a good idea. There's no shame in being someone who clocks in and clocks out. And that just might be the type of personality you have or the place in life you're at. So I just want to mention, if you can't if you can't get projects going on or even complete projects on your own as a self-initiated person, owning a home business is not for you. And I think homeschooling in some ways is a good test. Look at your child and think about how they approach homeschooling. If they approach their studies with some initiative, if they get up and they start the lessons without needing to be told and they can finish their work without you looking over their shoulder at every moment, then they probably have a good aptitude toward having their own business. 
If you have to ride them every moment of every day to make sure that they're on task and doing what they're supposed to do, they probably need a boss. It's just the reality of human nature. It's the reality to some extent of our personality types. And so those are things that you're going to want to think about. Let's discuss the pitfalls of home-based businesses. There are a lot of pitfalls. We've talked a lot about the good things that, um, and the benefits of having a home business. So let's talk about some of the pitfalls. Well, here's one of the things that I see. Again, as I've worked with and counseled a lot of these families over the years, uh, again, I'm just going to be blunt. So remember, my sister Sony is the one to send the hate <laughs> mail to. Um, <clears throat> but here's what I have found. I have found that in most cases... It's not the husband who wants to start a family-based business. It's the wife. And the wife wants the husband to come home and have a home-based business because in the back of her mind, she's thinking, if my husband had his own business, then he could stay home and help me with homeschooling. He could help me with the housework. He could help me with the dishes. Basically, I'm drowning here. I don't feel like I can get done everything that I'm supposed to. And so she starts thinking about how many hours he's gone and how much she would love him to help around the house. And her thoughts go to home business. So she starts bringing this up to him. You know, honey, don't you think we could start a a home-based business, have you quit your job, come home? The problem is most families don't know anything about that. They don't have any experience with it. They don't know of any type of, uh, they don't have any business skills in, in a particular area. And so these husbands oftentimes will just cold turkey, quit their job, give 30 days notice, come home with no savings, no investment capital, no idea how to run a business, no experience in the field in which they uh, start the business, and they start losing money like crazy. And bills keep coming in at the same clip they always did, but the revenue's not coming in. They're not making money. They're actually losing money. They're taking money off the table, so to speak. Uh, They're taking their grocery money and their utilities money, and they're dumping it into the business to try to make it work. Then the tables turn, and the wife then turns on the husband and says, honey, the collectors are calling and we're not paying the bills and we're losing money and we're almost out of our savings. What are you going to do about it? And he oftentimes gets very defensive and says, well, this whole business thing wasn't my idea in the first place. And the next thing you know, there's conflict. I have seen more homeschooling families divorce over the issue of a home-based business than any other single factor. This is a marriage buster if you aren't careful. And so here's what I want to counsel and advise you wives who have been thinking along this track. The conversation that you need to have with your husband has nothing to do with a business. That's not the conversation you need to have. The conversation that you need to have is about your family and about your marriage and about parenting. You need to tell your husband, make a godly appeal. I actually have a a section in my book, Full-Time Parenting, A Guide to Family-Based Discipleship, uh, which you can get at our website, familyrenewal.org. But in that book, I have a section on how to make a godly appeal to your husband. And I encourage you to get the book and read that section first and and make sure you—it follows the Esther Principle— And so make sure you follow the biblical principles of making a godly appeal to your husband. But when you do this in the right timing and the right context with the right setup and all of that, 
say to your husband, I need help. I'm drowning here. We're not getting the things done we need to. The children are not on task. I can't seem to be able to stay on top of the housework. Whatever the issues are, have that conversation with your husband. What you need, apparently, is you need his help. You need him to get more involved. You need him to plug in. That's legitimate. It's okay to ask for that. But that's probably, ultimately, what you're looking for. The issue of the business is not going to fix all of that. It is going to complicate that. It's going to make it worse. You think you're not getting the housework done now? Bring a business into your home. My goodness. You think you don't have enough time to get it all done now? You have no idea. Once you start trying to invest an extra 8 to 10 to 18 hours of your day every single day in the business, mom, uh, you try to take that away from what you're already doing. And your husband is going to have to be full-time, nose to the grindstone, dedicated to this business if he's going to make it work. And so, uh, and, and I understand that, you know, a lot of, of women are the ones who are running these businesses from home and so forth. So it may be a deal where you're running the business entirely on your own for a while until it builds up enough revenue to where your husband can financially viably quit his job and come home. I'm just saying... I'm not saying don't start a family business. We we want to encourage that and advocate that. But I am saying there are things you need to consider and your house organization, your free time, all of that is not going to improve with bringing a family-based business into your life. It's going to complicate it and make it worse. So I hope you hear me on that uh, and just you know take it from somebody who's who's had a lot of experience in this both personally as well as in counseling dozens and dozens of families on these issues. So the conversation that needs to happen if both the husband and wife are feeling to move forward with a home-based business is uh, is that of how how much are we going to divide our time between um, the wife helping the husband in that business, being a partner with him, or is she ex- having expectations that he will help her with her work, raising the children, running the household, etc.? Yeah, and so I think there are discussions that you need to have uh, as a married couple about how this business is going to work, discussions about provider roles, about who's good at finances, who's going to do the taxes, because there's this whole side of it that comes with it that you have to learn. You have to learn how to be your own accountant. You have to pay your own self-employment taxes. You have to cover your own health insurance. You have all of these unexpected costs and record-keeping nightmares that you don't have when you're an employee. And so having discussions about who's better at those things, um, what the expectations are of who's going to do what in the business, um, those are things that you really want to have some good discussions about before you just leap into this. Another area that needs taken into consideration as a possible pitfall is, you know, for a marriage, you've been maybe spending a lot of time apart during the day. And then there's the time together is spent with family or relaxing or just enjoying each other in a business setup, in a home based business, a family based business. There's a lot more um, opportunity to rub wrong against each other. And so that needs to be taken into consideration. It doesn't mean don't start a home based business. It means you need to really think about where is your marriage at before you leap. Yeah, when dad comes home, all of a sudden he's in the way. 
I mean, sometimes this can be really complicated because he's trying to tell you how to homeschool and what you're doing wrong and how you should be doing this differently and what you should or be doing as far as running you. the house or, yeah, distracting you or coming in every five minutes with a business question. And, you know, he may not even know what to do with himself. He's never done this before, perhaps. And so he could be like a lion in a cage just pacing around the house frustrated, not knowing how to deal with life. And there's just a lot of dynamics. I, I know we're probably making this sound extremely <laughs> negative, uh, not our intention, but we want to be realistic. We want you to know there's there's a lot to this that you have to think about. And, you know, guys like Crown Financial Ministries, they've often said that financial arguments are one of the greatest marriage busters, that people argue over finance and they argue over the money. We just don't want to see that happen to you. We want to see you... Um, Consider the cost before you build a tower. Mm -hmm. And another area, just completely um, on a different thought, is that you need to consider different things before you start a home business. As far as, are you going to hire other people? Are you going to try to learn to do everything yourself? There's pros and cons to both. Right. A lot of people are very creative. They know their product. They know their service. But they don't know marketing. They don't know how to build a business. They don't know how to do sales. They're not an accountant. So some of those things can be outsourced, uh, but you're paying money for that. Or if you hire an employee, then you have relational conflicts and struggles of this, you've brought a human being into your life and you have to deal with everything that comes with that. So again, there's pros and cons to all of that, but those are things you have to think about. Do you know not just how to do a business, but do you know how to... Um, how to keep all the plates spinning at once. And then just, I think Brooke touched on this, but the aspect of being able to shut it off. You know, a lot of times there's an advantage to leaving the office at the office. When you bring it into your home, you can't shut it off. I mean, you can try, but when it's in your home, and let's talk about this as the home business aspect. When the business is in your home, it's just there. And the tendency is to just work all the time and never shut it off. People tend to not sleep as well. They tend to have a lot more stress-related health issues. There are a lot of problems that can come from bringing a business into your home. Uh, we're doing it. I mean, now what's interesting is for the past 20 years, when I was working at Wisdom's Gate, uh, we actually had an office on the property, and I would walk to the office, go to work, walk home, have lunch with my family, go back to work, come home for dinner. These are things that we did as a family uh, for 20 years. and Well, I guess we haven't been married 20 years, 15 years. 15. 15 years, and uh, it worked for us. But within the last six months or seven months here, um, we have brought the business into the home, and there's a whole new dynamic. Uh, just even being able to find creative space. Um, we're just, you know, let's just be family here. Uh, I don't have an office <laughs> for for the first time in 20 years, I don't have an office because our house doesn't accommodate it. We have bedrooms, we have a living room, we have dining room, we, we have adequate living space, but we don't have any getaway creative space here. And that's been a challenge, and that may be true for your family as well. I found it to be uh, really difficult to get focused and to be able to get work done when all of life is just happening all around. So again... It doesn't mean don't do it. We're doing it. Mm -hmm. But it does mean there are some unique challenges that go along with all of that. It's best to, w between the husband and wife in um, a family-based business and 
again, and particularly maybe even when it's home-based, to really be aware of these things, discuss them, keep them in the forefront so that there's no tension building up. There's not expectations of, well, you used to, you know, we used to do this in the evening. We used to have family time in the evening. What's going on? And it's easy to get caught up in the business because there is no real shut off. You have to be self-initiating to create that, to make sure that you preserve and um, keep that family time important. And so it's kind of one of those things that a home-based business is a opportunity. It's an opportunity to create family time, to create a family unity, to put your time into something meaningful. But you have to really guard it. You have to keep that vision in front of you and work towards it. It doesn't happen on its own. I have a chapter in my book, Full-Time Parenting, called Considerations Before You Start a Family Business. I really encourage you to get a copy of the book, read it together as a married couple, talk about it, and then begin the process of starting some kind of a family business, but do it slow, do it smart. Having said all of that, I'm going to run one more, one more caveat and say there are times when God calls you to do something crazy. It happens. Sometimes he just calls you to figuratively jump off a cliff. Uh, almost no preparation. He'll do that. I mean, it happens. There are people who will be midstream in life doing a particular thing, and God calls them to go to Mozambique, and in three months they've packed up and sold everything they had and moved across the world, and they're doing a new work. God does that to people. So what I'm giving you here, what we're giving you, are kind of macro principles, general principles about how it tends to work the best. Um, we don't want to in any way stifle the role of the Holy Spirit, uh, but we do want to say that you want to make sure that it really is the leading of the Lord. And so getting good counsel from other believers is important, making sure you have some accountability in your life with other people who are praying with you and, and so forth. I think that's just huge. That's something we do. Um, I don't make major life decisions without seeking counsel first just to make sure that I'm really on track and I'm not being deceived and misled by my own desires in some way. I want to make sure that the Holy Spirit is confirming through wise counsel of qualified believers who have a lot of experience in these issues that, that I am hearing from God and doing what the Lord is leading me to do. I want to encourage you to do that too. So I guess, you know, we're trying to give you basic principles of this is uh, how to go about this at the same time. Sometimes God does just call you to go out on a limb. At the same time, like I said, you got to know when to cut it off. If if it's turned out that you've given it a fair run and it's just failing to thrive, you have to know when to pull the life support plug and just let it go. Uh, otherwise, you're being deceived. You're just trying to save face. There's a lot of pride you know, that people want to hold out and make it look like they pulled it off somehow. Some things just don't work. And if you find yourself in a situation where what you tried didn't work, learn from it, grow. Some of the most successful businessmen in history had businesses that failed. Some of them had a lot of businesses that failed before they finally found one that succeeded. You learn lessons uh, along with those failures that hopefully you become stronger and smarter. You do it a little better next time. One last thing I'd like to share too is that uh, sometimes a home-based business is just not for you, but it might be for your children. My dad always highly uh, valued entrepreneurship and starting a 
family-based business. It was just something he never had the skill set for, something he never felt comfortable actually delving into. And yet he inspired in myself and my brother a love for family-based businesses. And to this day, we both are involved in um, the businesses that we started years ago. And Brooke, before we were married, was publishing a magazine for young ladies. And then when she met me, I was in the publishing world. And so she had had all this business experience in that field that God had prepared her uniquely to be my wife. And had she not had that experience, um, probably panic would have set in at a certain (laughs) point because there there is a certain level of insanity that you have to have to make a living in publishing. There just is. And so she'd already had some exposure to that world. And uh, so, you know, I think she's absolutely right that you want to give your children an opportunity but not necessarily an expectation that that is what God's going to do with their life, but give them an opportunity that if the Lord leads them in that direction, they're equipped, they're prepared, they know how to do it, and they would have the ability to run their own business if that's God's will for their life. Well, we're so glad that you joined us. Please join us again next month for the Family Renewal Podcast or visit our website at familyrenewal.org. Thank you. God bless.